Hello, the internet, and welcome to this episode of Florida, the Sunzite State. Uh, be better if it was the sunlight state. That would make more sense. But it's, uh, anyways, uh, that that is courtesy of Johnny Davis, maybe, or the brew, um, Uncle Brew. We went back to the oldies but goodies, the um, license plate based short show trend puns uh because i don't know what else to say at the top of this show it's a tough one i am jack and i am joined today by the brave and talented super producer becca ramos (laughs) hello not brave you're brave to be co-hosting this one this is a (laughs) tough one one. here we go So, yeah, everybody's talking about Ukraine. Uh, Russia invaded, like, full out all directions. Blitzkrieg uh, is a word that has been used by people on the ground in Ukraine. So, actually, that's, like, kind of where I wanted to start is, you know, I'm passively observing the memes and the mainstream media because it's my job to observe those things. But... For information, I'm trying to rely only on people who are actually on the ground firsthand, like Robert Evans uh, knows a lot of them because he's been reporting on Ukraine for a long time. Uh, Jake Hanrahan was just there. Those are two people, former TDZ guests who I follow on Twitter and uh, seem to be up on this shit. So. But through them, I've been able to like find people who are just, you know, taking pictures or being like, hey, so, um, you know, in my neighborhood, people are wondering if they should still go into work while like a fighter jet flies overhead. And it's really horrifying shit. But I don't know. How, how How are you doing, Becca? Yeah, I mean, I we were talking about this before we hopped on today about how much I feel like lost in the conversation because it's so much memes and not enough coverage of what's actually happening. It's a lot of jokes about, oh my God, like thought I just ended COVID, but now I'm in World War Three, And I think it's like a very privileged place coming from the United States to be making any sort of jokes because we just do not know what it's like to be a part of a war torn country. Like nine 11 was our closest encounter and we do not let it go. Obviously it's never forget nine 11. <laughs> um, yeah. and it's the one Man. time we've ever experienced that. And I didn't even write, like I lived in Texas, I live in New York city now. So it is a very different experience, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's been, I think overwhelming. I've been trying to get to the bottom as to, why it's even happening we've been kind of as a show talking about it on the sidelines for a while this like almost joke that like oh is world war three about to bubble attention is clearly happening in ukraine and russia but now that it's actually happening and i saw the graphic from the new york times where it's showing you all the different spots that russia's bombing ukraine it's like oh shit like this is really scary and sad and you know haven't as you think from an American perspective, seen something like that since, you know, talked about in a textbook per se, since like World War II, like that type of like global scale Russian infiltration. Um, But I wanted to read this quote that I saw online from the handle is, but I'm Kim Tran. It says to a lot of Americans, war is abstract. 
unfathomable. You've never seen a city in pieces. You've never feared a war planes overhead. It's so surreal that perhaps you reach for a choke out of discomfort. If this is you, don't. It's okay to not understand something, to not have had your own life shaped by it. It's unconscionable to turn the space of unknowing into something that trivializes incredible suffering. I definitely resonated with this just because I've definitely felt uneasy seeing all the jokes and not enough about like what is actually happening. So just something to think about. I think if you're someone who's been sharing jokes online, you know, be a little bit empathetic. I think of what other people are actually going through. It's so easy to trivialize it when it's digitalized like this. Like we're not facing it head on. So I don't know. There's a lot of thoughts, a lot of feelings about what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. And the um, footage from people on the ground is, I mean, we're worth watching, but also I think a lot of people are pointing out that stuff is getting mixed in that is from days or years ago. Um, and, uh, it's, it's a mess. So like, you know, it's, it's not just finding people who have a video they say is what's happening on the ground. It's like finding people that you can trust with what is happening on the ground. I, I do find myself just naturally as an elder millennial drawn to the mainstream media at times like this more than any other time. Uh, and I'm sure there is a pro military industrial complex bent to the version of things that we get, um, in, like even on the front page of the New York times, but it's hard to, to break that habit because also they have the budget and reporting resources to like cover the story. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the, you know, journalistic intent to at least not, repost a you know clip from rambo 2 and claim that it's uh what's happening on on the ground have one question though and it might be more than our ukraine for dummies conversation here but when i'm seeing the stuff about ukraine i'm wondering why are we getting these world war three notions that we haven't i guess had with other war-torn countries like you know i feel like there's been conversation about genocide in other, you know, like countries around the world in the past few years. I mean, we have chosen to go to war with the Middle East many times and have also, as you all talk about on tomorrow's show, like we are not, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Guilt-free in the way that Russia is acting towards Ukraine as us to the Middle East. So I wonder why now it's called World War Three. Is it because of the NATO conversation? Is it because of Russia's history with World War II and World War One, uh, versus like, I feel like these conversations get ignored when it's, you know, I guess black and brown countries. Yeah. yeah. I So I that's a great question that actually was like something I was trying to research earlier. Like I was, I, I was wondering if it was possibly because of how strategically significant um, Ukraine is as like touching kind of not Western Europe necessarily, but like Romania and Poland are yeah. uh, it's European, still. European countries. Yeah. So it's, I think that is a part of it. Um, I think the fact that uh, one of the main parties is Russia is probably a part of it. Although uh, you, you may notice that one of the main parties in the uh, 
uh, unilateral wars that America waged was also part uh, one of the people who everyone expected to be in World War Three. So that's probably just an American centric point of view. And then I think it's all those things. I, I also think it's probably an exciting thing. Like it's yeah. a meme that it just like sticks in people's head better than another thing. I have also seen people claim that militarily it's like the biggest invasion since world war two. Okay. Um, and I have not had a chance to fact check that. Um, but I mean, like that look at I saw what the New York times that makes sense. Yeah. I was like, this is crazy. A lot of arrows, but that's a good question. Um, and like, well, I think it'll remain to be seen. Uh, and super producer Brian also pointed out that the world war three thing might be coming from, in addition to memories of, everybody expecting world war three to be the U S and Russia. Um, the fact that Russia is one of the other countries that could like sort of unilaterally end the world at any moment, um, along with the U S though. So, uh, just other like kind of Ukraine for dummies, things that I wanted to look up this morning. Like I didn't know how populous Ukraine was. It's 41 million people. So for people with, similarly you know u.s centric brains like california is the most populous u.s state it has 39 million people and it's 233,000 square miles california is 163,000 uh, so it's like a little smaller than texas basically mm. um just that helps me like kind of visualize the surface area of like visualize it and and yeah just like also you know as they're talking like just realize this is happening to real people in a place i haven't been but like these are people in an area who are like living their lives and i don't know i think because i was raised in the 90s and had like this this sort of cnn uh poisoned view of like well, those are places that you see on the news, but they're not real or like, I, I don't even like they, they're almost like a simulacrum, like sort of not a real, like they, they aren't in my brain as a real place. Yeah. Um, they're as a like projection of like news footage. Yeah. Um, so for some reason, I always like to look at that when I'm trying to like understand, uh, of just like spatial and, population comparisons to places that I have been. Well, and I think we have such a distortion being here in the United States because the United States is so big. Like, it's like, it's huge. Like you just said, like, this is about the size of, you know, a little bit under Texas population of California. Like, and that's one state of our 50, you know, states like that. But like, that's their whole world. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I was actually like, Texas is fucking massive. Man. Texas <laughs> like, te- is I know you right, you yeah. lived there a lot. Like Texas is its own country, like just in terms of how massive it is. But anyways, uh, all right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and talk about some sort of secondary uh, things happening as a result of this story that uh, is sort of the main thing that everybody is uh, watching right now. And we're back and Sean Penn is on the ground in Ukraine filming a documentary about Russia's invasion with Vice, I guess. I don't know how this makes me feel. Uh, I think it's 
I just, I want to know when he made the choice to go out there. Was it as it was bubbling? Was this, you know, in the long process? I am unsure. Uh, didn't give too many details. by Studios didn't give too many details. But there's this quote from Variety. Our country is grateful to him for such a show of courage and honesty. Sean Penn is demonstrating bravery that many others have been lacking, in particular some Western politicians. And I just... I don't know. That doesn't sit right with me personally. I mean, not that I think any of our politicians are brave by any means, but I'm just like, why are you there? You know, like say it we... to Ted Cruz's face. <laughs> say it to my boy, Ted Cruz's <laughs> face, bro. Um, just like, I don't know if Sean Penn needs to be the voice of the American perspective of right. what's going it's... on in Ukraine and Russia. Like he, he should if he, if he wants to elevate people, like there are just better people to do this. It just feels a little like disaster tourism or like this sort yeah. of, I don't know. I did not know that. Super producer Brian just said that uh, he, Sean Penn, pulled up to Hurricane Katrina's speedboat. So maybe he just loves disaster journalism. It's his right. thing. I yeah. had no idea that's so dystopic. As someone who lived in Texas during Hurricane Katrina, that is so yucky. That is, it was an intense time. Yeah, um, but good photo op. He looked fucking cool as hell. Anyways, we know how Sean Penn, like, like that's the first question on people's minds. What's Sean Penn's take on Ukraine? And it was what, what I Googled. What, what's it was the first thing to? I looked up. Sean yeah, Penn, that was amazing. Ukraine. It wasn't like that this was a headline. You were just like, wait, where's Penn at? Uh, give me the give me the latest. Give me eyes on Penn. Uh, so uh, you, my impression of you is... <laughs> Donald Trump, I guess, apparently. Uh, but so speaking of Donald Trump, Donald Trump and Michael Flynn have been weighing in in a, I, I guess I, you can't be surprised that anytime he is kind of pro Putin um, because he, he, he's just like, it's, oh, it's one of the most con continuously astounding things about him is his uh, flattery and admiration just openly for Putin. But um, he's sort of narrating his thoughts as this is going on. Uh, he, I think at a banquet or a fundraiser or something, he said, I mean, he's taken over a country for $2 worth of sanctions. I'd say that's pretty smart. Uh, and then saying that, that Ukraine is a quote, great piece of land with a lot of people as if describing a investment property. I love um, that. I love talking about people's home and where they consider, you know, their culture, their safety is a, is a great piece of land and business opportunity. Right. So, um, and then Michael Flynn kind of went off uh, at Biden for ignoring and laughing at Putin's legitimate security concerns and legitimate ethnic problems, ethnic problems in the Ukraine, in the Ukraine, which uh, that was another thing that I knew you weren't supposed to say the Ukraine and instead call it Ukraine. Uh, but the reasoning uh, behind that that makes total sense to me is that Russia wants you to call it the Ukraine because it suggests that it is a region. Uh, and not mm. a sovereign nation. So it's like, we don't call Florida the Florida, but we do call it part of the South, which is a region of the mm. U.S., right? Like, so. Um, I mean, words matter. 
Like how you say Where's things that? really impact. And Flynn, he's all all on board, all aboard the uh, the Ukraine side of things. So um, I, I know that a lot of people, like one of the uglier things we're seeing in the aftermath, not even nearly one of the uglier things, one of the just like more predictable and exhausting things we're seeing uh, is like, um, you know, Republicans being like, thanks a lot, Brandon. And uh, Democrats being like, the Republicans want Putin to win. And the, in, in one case, I, I guess this is just like, man, it would be weird if Donald Trump had won the presidency as he was so close to doing. And like, we were watching this happen while the president like openly rooted for Russia. Putin. Yeah. Glad we're not um, living that timeline. Not that right now yeah. it's any better, but it's slightly better than that one. Slightly better. We have, uh, I guess there's not much on China. That's just seems to be something that people are talking about because like there is a partnership between Russia and China because they're both massive countries and they rely on each other to sort of make themselves less reliant on the U S now there's going to be even more severe financial sanctions on Russia. So they will become more reliant on China. And people are also saying that like, I guess she's policy from the start has always been like non intervention or that's his outward policy mm -hmm. is like, we don't, we don't fuck around in other sovereign nations. Um, what will remains to be seen what happens with Taiwan, but I guess they don't, uh, consider that to be a sovereign nation, but it's just, people are waiting to see. And like, that was also one of my first instincts is like, where, where is China going to fall on all of this? So I don't know the, the mainstream media outlets are like, she may be embarrassed. Um, but he, <laughs> that I'll just read a direct quote. She may be embarrassed, but he can console himself with leverage. So it's like a, like a us weekly hot or not about uh, <laughs> oh, no. fucking global leaders Ugh. and bitcoin and ether plunge as uh russia attacks ukraine was the headline i was seeing a lot i thought bitcoin and ether were supposed to be like these things that are there in case the systems crumble uh like to you know make make people less reliant on the global and national like banking systems. Um, but it does seem like every time there's a bad shit is happening, they go down. Uh, Art Bryles. Uh, this is somebody I was not familiar with, or I, I knew the scandal. I didn't know his name, but this, this caught your eye. Yeah. So this caught my eye. I am a Baylor grad during the Art Bryles heyday. I graduated in 2017 from Baylor and I did put this in there because I think it's important not to get something, even though this feels small, buried. They obviously released the news today, I think, in the midst of all the other news. I definitely saw the conversation on Twitter being like, wow, like Grambling State would release this news like while the world is ending so that hopefully no one gives them shit about it. But basically, Art Bryles, who was a disgraced um uh, coach of Baylor University who uh, got ousted in 2016 for his players committing many sexual assaults against um, women on Baylor's campus. He has not been hired collegiately since then. He's been hired in Canada and he was doing like a bunch of weird 
odd jobs, but this is his first like back to like college level, you know, um, football coaching. I think it's really, you know, gross. I think it's a product of, you know, the misogyny in a lot of sports. And, you know, we can only hope there's enough like pushback that he can get ousted again. But uh, he will be replacing Ted White, who left Grambling State to become the new uh, offensive assistant um, and quarterbacks coach for the Houston Texans. Very full circle moment for Texas, period. But yeah, yeah, I just, as someone who went to Baylor during this time, he was a very toxic figure. I do hope that, like, they're taking precautions for the women on that campus, that they have good Title IX policies in place to make sure that they're safe because it was a really, you know, bad time to be a woman on campus during yeah. that era. Jesus. It was scary. A lot of women were not taken seriously. There were not even policies back then for sexual assault. There was no Title IX office until after our Riles got ousted, basically. So, yeah, just, like, put pressure on men who don't deserve positions of power because they let other people assault women. So, you know, just be vigilant, rambling state. Yeah. All right. Uh, those are the things that are trending on this Thursday afternoon. We are back tomorrow with a whole last episode of the show. Until then, be kind to each other. Be kind to yourselves. Get the vaccine. Don't do nothing about white supremacy. Uh, help trans kids in Texas. Uh, there yes. are a lot of places you can donate uh, and help the people of uh, Ukraine. All right. Uh, we will talk to you all tomorrow. Bye. Bye.